0: Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time, taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. I'm bringing on the Mick Jagger, Bruce Springsteen and Bono. all rolled into one. This is the guy. Now, when you see him, you're gonna go, really? But he is the rock star of the spiritual movement. He is a rock star. Eckhart Tolle is the person who embodies and is literally walking presence. So when I first read Eckhart Tolle's book, Uh, A New Earth, everybody, of course, had read The Power of Now. And I read A New Earth, New Earth, life-changing, I would have to say, central most important book I ever read. I mean, if you never read any, if you only want to read one book in your life, I would say A New Earth is it. His teaching and his definition uh, and understanding of ego, turned the concept inside out for me and for a lot of other people who followed us on um, those A New Earth lessons. Uh, We actually broke the web back in 2008 when we first did those 10 lessons of of A New Earth. His writings allowed us to understand for the first time, actually. Didn't you guys, what ego was? Because we always thought it meant just being arrogant. So, he calls his uh, session, The Awakening of Consciousness. That's it. That's what we're here to do. The awakening of consciousness from the rock star himself, Eckhart Tolle.
1: Nice to be here and now. As you can see, this speaker must be really dynamic. They had to bring out a chair for him. A few Mm -hmm. days ago, a question that Oprah likes to ask came to mind. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it. Then the question is, what do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? She asked me that question a few years ago, I don't remember what the answer was, because it came out of the present moment. (laughs) But it's a very interesting question. It can take you to a very deep level, as it can be answered on many levels, and what may be true on one level, may not be true on a deeper level. I prefer the word deeper to higher, because higher kind of takes you out of yourself, deeper takes you more deeply within. So an example, I could say, what do, you, what do I know for sure? I know for sure that I'm sitting on a chair. That's the most surface level of things. I know for sure that this is a table. And of course, on one level, that is true. If you take it to a deeper level, if you really looked at these atomic and subatomic structure of this thing that I call chair, and that are called table, then you would realize maybe it's not a table on that level, it's not a table, it's atoms and molecules and 99% empty space in between. So it's no longer a table. It's true on this level, but not on a deeper level. And so you can go to many, I can say, what do I know? I know for sure that my books have changed the lives of millions of people because people keep telling me that, I assume they are, they are honest. And that's true on one level, but if you take it to a deeper level, are they my books? Who am I? Where did these books come from? Am I the consciousness out of which these books came? I? What, 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 I, what level of I? So you can, you can then deeper and deeper, whether it's not me, the person who wrote the books, it's the consciousness uh, that used this so-called person as an instrument and used the mind. So you can go deeper and deeper. And so as I was pondering this, I finally arrived at the most, at the deepest answer that you cannot doubt. What do I know for sure? What do I know for sure? And if you go to the deepest level, because everything else can be questioned, including whether us sitting here is actually absolutely real, it seems to be, but on the other hand, tomorrow you might wake up and for a moment you might not know, did I dream yesterday what happened? That this wonderful spiritual gathering or did that actually happen? Or when you're on your deathbed, you remember many things, and they suddenly, the, your life seems to have a dream-like quality because things evaporate very quickly. Things arise, situations, uh, and, and it's gone. It, it, there are many dream-like qualities to a person's life, and many philosophers have questioned, they said, is, is life a dream? On some level, one could say that it is. Nobody can prove that this, event here, you sitting here, listening to this man on the chair, that you are not dreaming this. You could be, or the one consciousness is dreaming it. This is possible, nobody can prove otherwise. So I cannot know for sure yet that, that we are actually here. You thought <laughs> it means you have to go deeper. If if I can't be sure that this is actually happening, what can I be sure of? It's maybe a dream. And then suddenly you arrive at something. You arrive at the realization that in order for a dream, even if it is a dream or reality, for anything to be, there needs to be a consciousness in which it appears. So even if it's a dream, the dream must appear in a consciousness. Without consciousness, there is nothing. There needs to be a light of consciousness for a dream to be experienced. So even if it's a dream, there is still a you that's experiencing the dream. Now that you may not be the personality you with a name and a personal history, a limited personal history and a limited personal future. Uh, But there there is a presence there in which, if it is a dream or reality, in which this dream is, is being perceived, becomes, appears in the light of what? It appears in consciousness. There is an awareness in which the dream appears, if it is a dream. And now that, now we have reached the deepest level of the question, what do I know for sure? What I know for sure, and I speak for everyone, is that at this moment, I am conscious. Otherwise, there would be nothing. I must be conscious. I may be dreaming, but the dream is, I'm conscious. So that is the substratum, to use a geological term, for everything. One could use certain analogies. You could say it is like the canvas on which paintings appear. The difference between, in this analogy, is this canvas that is you, you the consciousness, is in the background. For It enables everything to be and to appear and to arise and to subside, to form and to go back into formlessness. And the the pictures that appears on this canvas is your entire life experience, whatever happens to you, the changing pictures on the canvas of your awareness. And so the only difference between the actual, the artist's canvas and this canvas is the, the pictures change constantly. They're not static. The one thing that's constant about your life is change. Everything is in flux, as the ancient Greek philosophers already found, you cannot step into the same river twice. Everything is subject to change. That was the philosopher Heraclitus, Heraclitus or Heraclitus, 2,500 years ago. He, he said, "Panta rei is the Greek term, everything flows, everything is in flux. That was his main teaching. Heraclitus is a pre-Socratic philosopher. He, was, he taught before the so famous Socrates. But then there was another pre-Socratic philosopher, Parmenides, who said the exact opposite. He said, change is an illusion, nothing ever changes. <laughs> and they are both right. Parmenides refers to the canvas and Heraclitus refers to what appears on the canvas. What appears on the canvas is your life situation, your continuously changing life situation. But who is experiencing that life that is sometimes fine, sometimes not so fine, sometimes disaster, sometimes elation, Continuous, change, continuous changes. What do I know for sure? I know for sure that I am at this moment conscious. This this is a first-hand realization. You don't need secondary evidence. You cannot even have secondary evidence that you, you are conscious now. Even that is perhaps not absolutely correct when we use those words, because when I say, I am conscious, that still implies that there is a duality, that, that there is an I who has a certain quality that's called conscious to it. There's a duality when you say, I am conscious. So let's change that and say, I am consciousness. That is the essence of who I am presence, consciousness,
2: an episode and start your journey to greatness today.
1: Now, most people don't know that. They are so hypnotized by what appears on the canvas of their awareness that everything that appears on this canvas of their awareness draws their attention in completely. There's all the things that happen around you all the time they draw your, you can see how they draw your attention out continuously and want you to identify with, go into them, especially nowadays with all the devices that we have. Uh, early in the morning first goes the first text message, ding! And then, and then your attention goes to the next thing. Let's I uh, need to check the emails now, this is widely. And then your attention, what do I have to do now? And so it's not, and then not only external things draw your attention continuously, even more so the mind, the thought, every thought that arises absorbs your attention and you identify with it. It goes. (laughs) Uh, So most people are so drawn into that that to them all that exists is all the stuff that appears on that, to continue for a moment with that analogy, all the stuff that appears on the screen of their awareness that hypnotizes them. And so they are not aware of the essential background to their lives. They are not aware of their essential beingness. They are not aware of the essential I am. I am is the most profound truth. So what do I know for sure? So the most profound and unquestionable answer is, I am, I know that for sure. But don't add anything to it, because that's temporary. That's a temporary appearance on the screen of of the I am awareness. Now, spiritual awakening or the awakening of consciousness, because when you don't know that, when you're hypnotized by everything that arises externally and internally in your mind, well, ultimately it's all internal because for anything, for you to know anything, it must arise within you. So you need to be aware. Most people don't, are not aware that that dimension exists in them. So, and that's a terrible, uh, one could almost say their life is deprived, the most essential dimension is missing. They don't, they don't know the I am. And the I am is an interesting thing that's used in different, in different spiritual traditions God's definition of him, her, or itself is I am that I am. Uh, Jesus said, or is supposed to have said, nobody knows for sure, of course, because it went to so many people writing and translating. I am the light of the world. That's in the Gospel of John. And in another gospel, he said, you are the light of the world. (laughs) And both of course are correct. So what is the light of, what does he mean? You are the light of the world. That is his way. If he had said, you are consciousness, people would have said, what, what? But at least by using light, they have some analogy. So perhaps they could get a little bit of, Sense of what he was talking about. Now, the important thing is, as we sit here, for you to come to this realization, and many of you already are in touch with that dimension within themselves, to actually realize at first hand what it means when you say, I am, and add nothing to it. And then, what follows the I am, or you can use a a little mantra that uh, in especially the Indian sage Ramana Maharshi recommended highly. He said, sit down in meditation, ask yourself the question, who am I? And so many people tried that, and some succeeded, and some didn't. A little secret, if you find an answer to who am I on a level of concepts, then you didn't get it. (laughs) So on the level of concepts, there is no answer to who am I, the answer is wrong. (laughs) That's a bit of Zen-like thing, whatever answer you give is wrong because when you ask yourself, who am I? And uh, you need to enter a state of alertness, almost as if you were listening. This is just an analogy, but the kind of alertness that you may, you may be familiar with uh, when you, let's say you are in a room or outside somebody, you're trying to listen to a distant noise. I gave an example of that in the uh, New Earth trying to listen to distant noise, you need to be alert to, so that you can hear it. And that alertness is, is, a, is, is an aware presence without thinking. It is just an, an alert presence that goes, who am I is meant to take you into that state of presence. And that state of presence is the answer. So there's no conceptual answer. There's only the answer of experiencing yourself as pure presence. And that is not difficult. It's between two thoughts, the gap between two thoughts is the I am presence. You experience yourself as the canvas, as the consciousness. So here is one thought comes to an end, The other one hasn't arisen yet. And in between two thoughts, for example, now, you have a moment of spaciousness. And in that spaciousness, you sit here and you just look around and you take everything in and you come to the amazing realization that you do not always need to conceptualize, interpret or label, everything that comes into your awareness. You can just be there as a pure presence, and then that is another way of knowing things. In our intellectualized, mentally overstimulated civilization, we believe that the only way of knowing things is to analyze and to conceptualize. But that's only one way. Yes, there is a place for it. But if that's all you know, let's take an example. You go into a forest and you walk in the forest. There's one way of perceiving the forest and that is looking, interpreting what you see. You know the name of that tree, you know that bird, or you ask, I wonder what that's called. And so you label it, you interpret it. You might be very knowledgeable, so you can explain to people what these things are, how these plants grow, how old that tree might be, and so on. And that's fine, that's one way of knowing the forest. But there's another way of knowing the forest, and that is going through the forest with very little thought, but just an alert presence. And that is a very different way of experiencing the forest from the way of uh, interpreting it. So, so, and in that way you would go, and you notice your mind becomes very still. And in that stillness, you perceive everything, but in addition to perceiving everything, you are aware of a, an underlying presence. And that underlying presence is both yourself at the most essential level, beyond the egoic personality that is short-lived anyway. There is the yourself as the conscious presence, but then you can also sense a presence, the presence of the forest that science could never reveal to you, that the analytical knowledge could never reveal to you. You become aware of the sacredness of the forest. And you connect with whatever you're perceiving at a deep level. You feel a connectedness with the trees and the plants and the totality of the forest in a way that you could never have experienced if your only way of knowing the forest had been the conceptualizing mind.
2: an episode and start your journey to greatness today.
1: So, and it is not necessarily the case that you need to be in either one or the other. It is possible for us to be in the, in both dimensions so that we are not obsessively interpreting when, but we can occasionally interpret and then go back into alert stillness, being the awareness in which all this arises then you feel a connectedness with everything that before you could not feel when you only related to to it through the conceptualizing mind because the conceptualizing mind brings up barriers between yourself and the other. And the same thing applies to human beings. When you meet a human being, If you're not aware with a deeper dimension within yourself, the essence dimension, as I sometimes call it, or your essence identity, then you cannot be aware of the essence of another human being that you meet. All you see then is the physical form. That's often the first thing you see, which either you find pleasing or not pleasing, or it attracts you, or it leaves you indifferent. You like it, or you don't like it. And then as you start speaking to another person, you interact on the mind level and the emotional level also. And so you get the mental, emotional conditioning of that person. And then you relate on that level to that person and immediately you interpret that person. You have opinions about that person. You have judgments about that person. Many people are very quick to judge. The moment they meet somebody, they've, two minutes later they have formulated an opinion about you. And I often find it difficult, people sometimes ask me after I meet some, what did you think of such and such a person that you met this morning? And I go, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, now if you ask me now, I can start thinking and I can probably come up with something and tell you something in a few minutes but so far, I had not formulated any thought about that. I just, com- I just communicated with that person, and I had no thoughts about that person. I enjoyed the interaction, but I have no particular opinion. <laughs> so, the, what we call the ability of humans to have empathy, to have empathy not only for other human beings, but also to have empathy for nature, to have that sense of uh, benevolence towards other life forms, benevolence, another word for which is goodwill, or we could even be daring and say love, not in the conventional sense, but true love, which is a sense of connectedness with another, In order to sense that, and it is vital for you to be a true human being, you're not even truly human, I would agree with Confucius who said that 2,500 years ago, you're not fully human if you do not manifest those qualities of benevolence, goodwill, compassion towards others. So you're still not, it doesn't mean you're evil, it means you haven't arrived yet at being fully human. Humanity, of course, is a work in progress and some, some are lagging behind a little bit more than others, and that doesn't make them evil. You just have to see, oh, they're a little bit behind, but make sure it's, the, the ego doesn't get hold of that thought. So, humans are evolving and The vital thing is for the world that we inhabit to change is a shift in consciousness so that humans can relate to other humans and the deeper level of essence and not the conceptualizing, judgmental mind because that operates not only on the personal level, it also operates on the collective level, on the collective level where people have collective egos political egos, religious egos, dreadful things, as we all know, are happening there, and they cannot sense anymore that which unites them with others. They cannot feel the other anymore as a living being. They cannot sense the shared consciousness that you share with every life form, with every human being, with everything that exists, ultimately, there was a beautiful saying, an ancient saying, which goes, consciousness sleeps in the stone, meaning the mineral of the stone, even that has a glimmer of consciousness, but it's sleep. Consciousness dreams in the plant. Consciousness awakens in the animal, and consciousness awakens to itself in the human. And so that, that is the awakening of consciousness that is the, sp- call also be called spiritual awakening, that is happening to a certain segment, percentage of population on the planet, still a m- minority, but that's fine. So the essence of this awakening is to realize now, I, I'm, this is not an absolute truth, it's a temporary way of putting it. There are two of you. There is the form identity of you with a personal history and a personal future and you do your best there, it's good. You'd have to do your best, you you learn things, you improve your skills, uh, you uh, experience things, you you travel, you get a good job or as good as you can, improve yourself as a person, (laughs) good, but not enough. Then the, there is the other you, one could say the other half, that is the formless you, the formless and timeless essence of who you are. That you need to know that as your ultimate self. Otherwise, if you only know the form you, the form identity, life becomes very frustrating. You never really get any, any lasting peace or joy in your life because everything changes so quickly. But whatever you achieve, you for a moment, gives you pleasure or annoyance, and then either it's taken away or it dissolves, or it no, no longer gives you pleasure because you've had it for too long. It's so life becomes very frustrating if the deeper dimension is missing in your life. And that is the formless, knowing yourself as the essential I am. And that is a sensing, that is a, the ability to just become still, the ability to look at something or someone without imposing immediately conceptual thought on it, on it or him or her, the ability to become still. I said in my book, The Stillness, Stillness Speaks, a little meditative book, you're never more essentially yourself than when you are still. You're never more essentially yourself than when you're, when you're still, because when you're still, you, you, are, you can sense yourself as the awareness, as the consciousness, and it has no qualities as such. You, you cannot make it into an object of knowledge and say, ah, there it is. You can, you, but you can sense there is a presence. That presence, you don't need to remember your name, you don't to remember your personal history to know that, to know yourself as presence. It's, it's available here and now. It's just, has always been available here and now, but has always been overlooked. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven. He talked continuously about the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Complete, misinterpreted for a long, long time. My, inter- my translation of what he said called Kingdom of Heaven is I translate or paraphrase Kingdom no longer fits our world. Kingdom is dimension, realm or dimension. Heaven, heaven in English is a word that in most other languages is the same word as sky. In French, in Spanish, in German, Heaven and sky are the same word. So this kingdom of the sky, the dimension of, what is the sky, what is heaven? When you look at the sky, you see vast spaciousness. So my translation of kingdom of heaven is the realm or dimension of spaciousness. So Jesus used that analogy to point people to an inner dimension of consciousness that is available to them here and now. Not in some future, not some future point that I need to get to. I need to get to the kingdom of heaven. It's here and now. He said that all the time. But but still they made it into some future point. And and he also said the kingdom of heaven does not come with signs to be perceived. You cannot say it's over here or it's over there, but truly I tell you, it is here within you. What was he talking to? Talking about the inner realm of spaciousness or stillness where the mind subsides and you know yourself as an I am presence. That is your true identity. And once you know your true identity in the background of your daily life, then you can deal with the foreground of your life in a much better way. And the foreground of your life becomes a pleasant playground where you actually do good and enjoy yourself without demanding that something in the foreground of your life should make you happy, including a person. Terrible demand to make upon a person to say, make me happy. It's a recipe for disaster as you might might have experienced it. This make me happy usually ends in divorce and it it usually means make me unhappy. So anything that you expect to make you happy in this world is not going to make you happy short, short while, short brief moments perhaps, but not any lasting happiness. Nothing can give you lasting happiness except the realization of the I am presence. There is a peace and and a, a, and a joy, a very subtle joy in there. And then the world is no longer such a frustrating place. Yes, challenges come, still come, but the way you deal with them is more peaceful. You don't create drama out of little challenges. You don't create huge unhappiness when things go wrong. That's the shift, that's the awakening of consciousness, and this is the purpose of your life, is to embody that, whatever other other purpose there is, and that varies from person to person, but whatever the, the, your individual purpose is, it needs to be aligned with the, the universal purpose of your life, and that is awakening consciousness. Thank you.